Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. So let's get to our guest, Martin Lakos, Division Director at Macquarie Wealth Management. Martin, tough times for sure. And more and more we're hearing from strategists that declining CPI, I mean, even if we, if we get that, if you combine that with, with wages that are high and, and sticky, that it will lead to lower corporate profits. So it's a kind of lose-lose scenario here with inflation either high or declining. Your thoughts? Good morning. Uh, Look, it's interesting because obviously the corporates uh, basically used the pandemic to improve their position. So hence we saw a very strong earnings growth right through uh, the pandemic, which is one of the factors that saw markets rise to the heady levels that they did. And so there's still a buffer in corporate world, but there's absolutely no doubt we still have an expectation that earnings will be declining in this uh, in this environment. That is, you know, slowing broad-based economic growth and the impacts of inflation and obviously the, the impacts of, of cost of doing business. Uh, but the, the question mark really is, what is that actual decline in earnings growth? And we don't think it's going to be as weak as we had seen in previous uh, pre-recession periods, but it is definitely going to come off. And that's probably the next stage for markets. So we're, we, when we look at the valuation of markets, and in particular in terms of uh, price to earnings growth, we, we still see markets aren't cheap yet. Um, and until we, uh, we see really markets that look cheap, we won't see a, a full reversal in those markets. But we are expecting to see ongoing bear market rallies from time to time, which is obviously what we saw last week. Mm. Well, Martin, it gives a sense, you know, when you look at the earnings season coming up, it's going to be about their forecast, isn't it, really? And, you know, there's some which uh, last time disappointed in terms of what they were saying about, uh, you know, looking ahead to this quarter they're reporting on. And that should be interesting, what, what they deliver. Yeah, very much so. Look, there's no question. The forward statements are probably key and critical in this type of uh, market environment. I mean, the markets are expecting uh, weaker earnings, are expecting that analysts will be forced to to go into downgrade mode. We certainly saw that here in Australia in our last reporting season where we had more downgrades and upgrades, but it just it wasn't as bad had been that had been uh, maybe uh, anticipated. So the next couple of earnings seasons, the next quarters in the US and here in Australia, the next uh, six-month reporting season is really going to be very, very interesting to see where it actually uh, all lands. Do, do companies, because if we see wages high, we know they're sticky, they're hard to bring down. Uh, do companies then that deal with costs more in materials or commodities that will fall, do they look more attractive than high labor companies? You're not yet, Brian. Uh, you know, the, the particular material side is still, you know, relatively elevated at this stage. So, although uh, you know, starting to come off and some signs of improvements in terms of supply. So, those uh, supply chain disruptions are certainly improving. If you look at a whole range of different uh, dynamics, particularly purchasing managers index surveys, but you know, we're not th- we're not there yet. So, you might get a counterbalance of you know input costs coming down, but some of those sticky elements that you've talked about remaining elevated elevated. 
It's just that at the end of the day, businesses are now just going to have to be uh, more and more prepared to be operating in a higher inflation environment. Martin, you know, we look at what's happening. We see these odd uh, bull uh, rallies within the bear market. You know, are they exactly that one part of the question? And how do you navigate this? Yeah, look, so certainly uh, at this stage, you, know, you would, would expect to see further bull market, uh, sorry, bear market rallies, um, uh, because at the end of the day, we are seeing you know very volatile markets when we uh, see markets uh, get sold down, as we saw, for example, in the reaction to the employment data on Friday with the Nasdaq down 4%. These aren't ordinary or normal moves. So we've got to get used to that to some extent, but we will find that markets get oversold. Uh, navigating through that, well, look, at, at the end of the day, we, we continue to really uh, run very diverse diversified portfolios. I think that's the best way to be uh, approaching this uh, high degree of volatility and obviously with a, a high level of caution as well. Your turning points for us will really be when central bank narrative starts to change around the momentum of uh, interest rate moves by them. And even when markets start to anticipate that we'll start to see central banks either easing back or then uh, placing monetary policy on hold yeah. or a pause for some time to see the impacts. But we're not well, quite there yet. And it does look like... There. That, uh, we yeah. won't see that until um, so, until the middle of uh, the end of this year. Yeah. So you mentioned alternative asset classes. Uh, one of the tricky aspects about going into, say, private markets is uh, they're not marking the market like other assets. So you're always wondering whether or not you're overpaying, I suppose. But then sometimes that that lower volatility can be your friend, right? So how do you discern between the two? So certainly, we've been uh, right through this year. We've increased our allocation to uh, alternative asset classes. So as you said, Brian, you know things like private equity, uh, things like hedge funds, you know long short funds, those assets that have got either longer duration, so they go through this cycle, um, and also those assets that basically have low or no correlation to the global financial markets on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but having said that, yes, you've you've got to be obviously doing your homework or be prepared to ensure that managers that you're using uh, are doing the homework in regards to those valuations. Quite clearly, you can't mark to market mm-hmm. on those valuations on portfolio. So it's very much then down to the credibility of some of those managers they're using. Now, tell me, okay, your diversified portfolio, sure. You know, we had 60-40 before, you know, that's a stock bond split. But, you know, I've been asking this question of a few guests, which is, is it the other way around? Should it be 60% bonds, 40% equities? Probably not to that extreme, Rish, uh, at this stage. So we're sort of maintaining our weightings. But uh, where we've obviously shifted is we've underweighted equities uh, for the time being, gone to those alternative assets we've just talked about, also going to real assets. So not only is that real estate, but much bigger weightings in infrastructure. Again, it's got this uh, long duration. So again, you don't buy and sell infrastructure assets on a daily basis. Uh, So you've you've got to be considering or putting that in perspective in terms of across the cycle as well. And then really within that defensive component that you've talked about, it's really being shifting to safety. So again, we're moving away from uh, from corporate credit and more towards the sovereign side. while we're at this stage of the interest rate cycle. What sort of percentage do you keep in, in cash? And, and by that, I mean, you know, liquid cash, not cash equivalents, uh, so that, you know, you get a big sell-off, maybe you take advantage of it. 
Yeah, look, again, depending client by client uh, and their own situation. But certainly it sort of would be, a, you know, you would think a minimum of between 5 and 15% would be where we'd be holding cash at this stage. Uh, that includes obviously cash uh, and term deposits. So where you've got real uh, easy access to that li- liquidity. And for exactly what you've just said, Brian, at the end of the day, there are opportunities in the markets. There are some key, th- key thematics that we think are well worth uh, investigating, things like global health care, cyber security, for example. Uh, the, the these are, these are areas and themes that we continue to invest in. Uh, but again, you've got to be prepared that uh, you, know, you slightly but surely move into the markets uh, and, and stage those, those investments. Uh, don't try and pick the bottom because that's very hard to do. Uh, Martin, do you have any interest in investing in China? Look, we haven't. Ha- we, we've stepped away from uh, from China uh, quite some time ago. Um, I think there will be a time to be, you know, upping the weightings to China or, or pseudo-China exposures. Uh, but I think the while we've got this uh, the zero COVID policy and the pandemic issue, you know, where where does the Chinese economy actually start to uh, bottom out? Uh, we're going to be watching very closely this uh, upcoming National People's Congress, particularly uh, commentary around uh, how they're going to start to re-stimulate their economy and how they actually go about that. So it's uh, certainly on watch for us, without a doubt. Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Martin Lagos there, Division Director of Macquarie Wealth Management, getting his take on uh, the markets. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.